take. I'm uh, not sure. Have you like played football? I have not, uh, Mac. Uh, fellow know-it-all Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston joins us here on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Unified Office. Uh, Unified Office. They're going to make sure you never lose any business again due to a poor customer phone experience. Find your solution. UnifiedOffice.com. Uh, Tommy Curran, how are we doing this week? Good. What can we do about getting a unified office between you and Mego and the crew there? <laughs> well, little... I think uh, I think a new coach and a new quarterback I think would would be a unifying thing for all of us. Uh, but that's us over here. You you said last night on NBC Sports Boston, uh, you think there's an 87 percent chance Mac is back next season? Uh, elaborate, please. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. We're going to be doing a lot of percentages <laughs> over the next few months. No, and for they're sure. Gonna, they're going to bat. They're going to rise and fall. But given where Mac Jones's decline really the root of it, I think that Robert Kraft is going to look at the decision at quarterback and say, look, he's on a controlled contract. He's making about $4 million this year. What's your answer if we move on from Mac? And additionally, not only is he under a controlled contract at a reasonable amount, there is not yet evidence that the reason for Mac Jones' decline is Mac Jones. Certainly, Mac Jones' decline is apparent. Certainly, Mac Jones is exacerbated in many instances an already bad situation. But we saw how Mac Jones performed in what we would describe as a pretty good situation, not a great situation in 2021, a pretty good situation, and he was fine. So do we know Mac Jones is the problem? No. I, well, so let me push back on that. You said he's exacerbated problems, which I'm assuming you mean are like the pick sixes and stuff like that. That's not evidence those are Mac Jones problems? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. I mean, I mean, when you get strip sacked because the, the protection broke down in Dallas, is, is that you? Is when you run to the, to the right-hand side of the field against Dallas because you've been flushed from the pocket? And then you and decide then to throw across your body? Field. Yeah. Yeah, that's exacerbating a bad situation. You're making my point. No, I think you're making. You're I think a lot of. I think a lot of. You are exactly. No, Tom. Making I think you're making mine. I think. I, I think a lot of quarterbacks can get out of the pocket and throw on the run. He can't. I think a lot can. I think some can't, and I think that he doesn't understand or didn't understand in that instance. Lay down like a fawn in the field, <laughs> said you before, <laughs> and live to fight another day. Um, so that's exacerbating a bad situation. That's making the lack of protection in your instance, Mac Jones. You can't rescue yourself like Ben Roethlisberger used to be able to by standing there and taking hits. By as any other number of quarterbacks could escape, but you can't be a quarterback who, at the end of July, twenty twenty two, Bill Belichick said has made dramatic improvement from an already good rookie year and does all the work and everything else that Bill said on that day, and then two years later be absolute trash to the point where you have to move on from him when he's still on a rookie contract. That's why I say 87%. So, Tom, have you read the book Ferdinand the Bull? Did you ever read that with your boys? Yeah, I think I might have read it on my own, too. Oh, okay. Um, well, hey, he likes to smell the flowers. Ferdinand. Yeah, that's yeah. just what yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of with Mac, if you want a new uh, imagery there, just laying down in the flowers. But... While we're talking about quarterbacks, what do you see going forward with Malik Cunningham? Because I've heard you say a couple times, hey, we need to start with him throwing forward in an NFL game. And then we'll talk about where he goes. Because to me, it feels kind of like it's really almost unfair to pretend like this is an opportunity for Malik Cunningham to be the backup to Mac Jones when he's an undrafted free agent who mainly depends on his legs so far. It's unbelievably unfair. 
And, you know, Phil Perry and I talked about it on my podcast, which will come out, you know, in a little bit, and will be on at 6 o'clock on television. Remember that quote Bill had? You guys can probably dredge it up and play it for poops and giggles. In 2014, you know, we don't want to be the Colts. And, you know, if we lose Kate Manning, and they lost Kate Manning and they went 0-16 or 1-15 or whatever it was, that would be, you know, in Bill's mind, it would be organizationally not the right thing you want to do. Basically saying it was irresponsible to, to run the quarterback position that way. Well, the Patriots don't even have Curtis Painter as a backup right now as the Colts did. They have a player who, again, has not thrown an NFL pass who was undrafted, who came into the league as kind of an athlete as opposed to a quarterback. And they're going to, as last week intended, they showed they intended to use him as a quarterback if Matt Jones got hurt. Because Bailey Zappi could not have entered the game unless Malik Cunningham was either declared out or got himself ejected. So short of him throwing haymakers or getting hurt, Bailey Zappi was going to be watching from the sidelines while Malik Cunningham tried to quarterback the Patriots for however long it took. That, to me, is kind of malpractice. That, to me, isn't kind of, it is malpractice to put your team in that situation. And I think that he's not out there because he's a good quarterback prospect at this juncture. I'm not saying he's never going to be, but he's out there because they can't block for Mac. And as a result, they have to figure out another way so when the blocking breaks down, somebody can extend a play. Tom, what is realistically this trade deadline going to look like for the Patriots? I asked you last week, could they be sellers? And you said, absolutely, yes, they can. Uh, how much selling do you think is realistically going to happen here? That's what's really interesting when you think about it, Christian, is who wants anybody for any amount of collateral the Patriots can get in return? Do they declare, yeah, we'll take a seventh. I don't care. We'll take a seventh for Michael Winner. When you know that's at least pro football focus considers him one of the best guards in the league. Is it a fire sale or do they say, well, no one that, that I think might be interesting. I don't know if anybody wants any of their players for a period of time where they have to give up a draft pick and then re-sign the guy in the off season or lose him. I mean, would you give, would you give up a fourth rounder for eight games of Kendrick Bourne and then never have that fourth rounder again? No, you know, you've given up a player with no guarantee you're going to retain Bourne and having to pay him going forward. So I bet they'll be in, they'll, they'll intend to be sellers, but it's going to be hard for them, I think, to move some of their players for anything that they declare useful. Uh, so this ties into something you told us last week, like what Bill is allowed to do and what Kraft will allow him to do. And it ties in with something uh, Giardi reported uh, last night. He had a quote in a story that said, plenty of folks in the upper reaches of the building, I don't know if that's ownership or not, but upper reaches, would rather have more losses than a win or two that could cost draft positioning. In fact, some are already talking about next year. Is that is that how they're looking at it, up high in the organization? Like, is the tank on? I don't know. Upper reaches, I don't know if that's like the lighthouse keeper up there. <laughs> uh, Chesney. I certainly... I certainly know that Mike t- does talk to people, so I'm not being a smart ass. And, and but it seems to me that ownership is kind of sequestered a bit now. They have so many ties to Israel um, and such an interest there um, that I think that that is an extreme focus for them, as well as a lagging football team. So you know, I was told that you know it's it's not been this tense in that building perhaps ever, 
than it is right now because of those two factors. So, so Tom, just to I be clear, I don't go ahead. Oh, no, there's a priority just because I want to make sure that comes across clearly. There's a priority for the Kraft family personally that they're looking at the situation in Israel right now. I'm not saying it's a priority. I think it's a ma- massive. They're not spending a lot of time. I guess I'm backing into the answer that I don't think it's coming from ownership. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone indicated, you know, there's a point at which you start to say, do we want another win here and go and we'll lose five draft spots? So I don't want to over, oversell or undersell the notion that they're going to look at that. But I guess the point is, yes, they're going to start looking at next year. I don't think it's going to be a tankorama because I don't think ownership would ever countenance that. I don't think that the Kraft family would ever say, let's lose games. They're going to look at Sunday when there's going to be a crap ton of Buffalo Bills fans in the stands, maybe outnumbering their people, followed closely by a number of empty seats, and they're not going to say, this is good for us. So I don't think it's coming from that level. But certainly anybody in any organization is going to say, well, if we lose more games, we'll get a better draft pick. So at least there's that silver lining. So it doesn't surprise me that that thought process works. Tom, I know how you feel about Mac Jones and what's been sort of put upon him. I agree with you in general. I wonder if you think Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL that other teams sort of feel the same way, that there's still something there with Mac, and maybe is there any value in uh, shopping him around in the next two weeks? Yeah, I think that – we would probably be in accord on that. You know, a lot of teams would say, well, what the hell went wrong? How much of that did he make worse on his own? Is he a baby? Is he somebody that you can work with? Did Bill screw it up? Kind of, I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt outside this organization. Talked to Rick Spielman, the former Vikings and Dolphins GM today about precisely that. And he just kind of invoked the question of how much blame falls on Mac. But to me, what Robert Kraft has said, in the past, I'm a big Mac Jones believer. I'm a Mac Jones guy. He was he was the victim, paraphrasing, of a decision that Bill made that didn't work out last year. So I think that this is a continuation. We can look at this year as, as the same thing, and I would imagine that ownership would view it the same way. So if there was any presented offer – by Bill to say, let's move Mac for a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder. I don't even think you'd get a third for him right now. Maybe you would because he's got two years left, this and, and next. But he's not going to go anywhere and start for a contending team. They're not in that position. So I don't think that they would be able to move him. And I think that that would be, again, you're into the Malik Cunningham, Bailey Zappi, Will Greer operation. That's a good way to lose a locker room. Tom, we're all so much in the dark about what Bill Belichick's actual contract is right now and what it stipulates could you see him realistically in the offseason going to another franchise if he's still seeking that wins record yeah but you would have to if you're bill belichick articulate hey these are the teams i'll go to robert you want to move me so it'd be a trade this 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 or this yeah I, i think that that would be more likely than than because if there's time left on his contract which I think that there is, then the Patriots are going to be of a mind, well, okay, we're going to move on from you, but I don't want to see you coaching in Buffalo. Well, where am I going to coach then? Well, we'll figure that out. So NFC? I don't know. NFC East? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean it's... Mega it's wants Washington. Mega <laughs> wants Washington is what she wants, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing darts. Now I'm, like, talking yeah. out my blowhole here, trying to figure it out. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, talking out your blowhole is uh, always encouraged here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. He's Tom- almost called the show. Yeah, he's, exactly. Uh, he's Tommy Curran. He joins us each and every week here at 3.30 on Thursdays. Check him out tonight on NBC Sports Boston. Check him out Sunday here on WEEI. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, guys. See you. All right, Thanks, Tom, Tom Curran, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline.